This is Toastcaster, podcast for Toastmasters. Your host, Greg Gazin. Episode 72, Privacy, What You and Your Club Should Know, with our guest, Gene Eaton. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Toastcaster, podcast for Toastmasters. Today, we're going to speak about something very important, privacy might be something that we don't think about when it comes to Toastmasters because we feel that everyone is doing the right thing, we're all volunteers and everything is pretty casual, but privacy is a pretty serious thing. Today we have with us Jean Eaton. She's a practical privacy coach with Information Managers and her Toastmaster career started as a charter member of Living of Living Legacy Club and she's also a past member of the club which I belong to, New Entrepreneurs Toastmasters Club in Edmonton and she's completed her competent communicator designation. She's the host of Practice Management Nugget Webinars for your healthcare practice. Jean is a recognized and respected leader, an expert in health information management, privacy management, and legislation. An engaging workshop leader, she provides solutions that are practical and effective for today's healthcare providers, entrepreneurs, and volunteer organizations like Toastmasters. She's also the author of an upcoming book on Kindle called Prevent Privacy Breach Pain. Jean Eaton, welcome to the Toastcaster podcast. Thank you, Greg, for inviting me to Toastcasters. You know, privacy is something that we, when we think about privacy quite often, we think about, okay, well, LinkedIn gets hacked online, or we talk about trying to keep credit card information private from prying eyes, et cetera, et cetera. But privacy goes beyond that. What, how would you define privacy? Privacy is your right to decide as an individual how you want to keep your personal and confidential information safe and secure. And you have the right to decide how who you want to share that information with. And if I'm a new member coming to a Toastmasters club, I have the right to ask the club, how are you going to keep my information? How are you going to keep it safe and secure? And how am I going to have access to it? So privacy is all of that practice about keeping our personal information safe and secure and you as an individual get to ask the questions about how other people are going to use that information and you can decide to share it with them or not. Well that's interesting. I never thought of it as the use of the information within the club. I'm thinking more on the lines of keeping it from the prying eyes, you know, from the from the hackers and the phishing sites and making sure people don't put credit card information in spreadsheets and share them with the other officers, not necessarily to to use it for anything, but just to make sure that they have the information. It doesn't take a lot of information to be confidential and identifying to a particular individual. So it's really important for club members and, and directors to think about privacy and the information that you collect and how it's going to be used because how you use it in the club can be a vulnerability. It could be an open source where my personal information as a club member gets hacked into the email account that the directors are using to conduct Toastmasters business. So that information, even as though it seems pretty safe and, and pretty innocuous, could be part of the information that gets hacked. And I personally don't have control over it. So before I hand you my currency, my personally identifying information, I want to make sure that you're going to manage it in a safe and secure fashion. That's right. So it may not have anything to do with the club per se, but perhaps the person in the club who's keeping that information. Right. And if that information gets compromised and it's my personally identifying information, that's the 
key that the hackers want. It's the identifying information. They don't having the extra value of knowing that it belongs to a Toastmasters club probably doesn't add any value. But having my information, my name, my address, my date of birth, and perhaps some other identifying information like an address or an email account makes it a valuable piece of information that someone else might want to steal. And then what happens to information that is compromised. Well, the risk is pretty big to the individual. You can have identity theft. It could be information that are stalking me. It could be information that might be blackmailing me. Um, those are all things that can be compromised just because my information is now part of that Toastmasters Club. Now, I wouldn't expect that a Toastmasters Club is going to go out and sell my information. It's probably something that happened either as an active criminal activity and Toastmasters just happened to get caught part of. But those are the things that we can easily prevent uh, right from the get-go and makes it a real great advantage for a Toastmasters Club to become privacy aware and take a few key steps to prevent these bad things from happening. I definitely want to get into those, but I'm also just I'm just reviewing some of the information that you shared with me ahead of time. The numbers are staggering. I'm I know that you're one of your areas of expertise is in the healthcare industry, and you shared with me that 81% of hospitals and health insurance companies have suffered a data breach. That's incredible. That's in the last five years. So an organization could have a data breach this year, and they might have another one next year. And a data breach doesn't have to be the millions of records, and it doesn't have to be the most sensitive information like health information or banking information. But any time that you have personally identifying information about a member or even about the business of the club, and it's been given to somebody who shouldn't have it, that's a data breach. So it happens regularly. 60% of small businesses that have a data breach go out of business within six months because dealing with the privacy breach has a huge impact to that organization. It will take time and effort and money to be able to work through the privacy breach and meet all your legislative requirements and the good faith things that we should do because it's the right thing to do. But most importantly, it's the biggest loss of reputation to you as an individual or to your club and even the Toastmaster brand. And that's the piece that can make or break a privacy breach for a club. It will take that time and effort. Quite frankly, we joined Toastmasters Club to have fun and develop our speaking and leadership skills. No one wants to deal with the pain of a privacy breach. But the good news is that if you take a little time and effort now, it will dramatically reduce the likelihood of a privacy breach in the future. How do privacy laws apply to Toastmasters clubs? In the privacy business, we have generally accepted privacy policies, and these are accepted internationally. So whether or not you have a specific privacy law that applies in your province or your state, if you meet those best practices for privacy, then you're going to meet all of the requirements of legislation and have a really effective privacy procedure for your Toastmasters club. That sounds like a perfect tie-in. So how do we start? Where does a club start? Well, a couple of things to get started with is just to understand some of the key terms around this. So privacy is important because we each are individuals and we want to be able to protect who has access to our information and how that information is shared. So it's really important to us as individuals. 
If we don't keep that confidential information private and secure, and it gets out to a broader audience, other people have access to our information in ways that we didn't intend. Our email address that is shared in, in the Toastmasters Club, I wouldn't necessarily want that to be put on a messaging board for, you know, the city that I, that I live in. I want to be able to control my information. If we don't keep information confidential and secure that our members have provided to us, it becomes a privacy breach. And me as an individual could make a complaint to that Toastmasters Club to say, you didn't manage the information in the way that I expected. And depending on where you live, I could actually file a legislative process. I can make a com privacy complaint. And then you're going to have to deal with that. And that's not where we want to go with that. The kicker is, is that it doesn't take a lot of information for it to become confidential. Um, you know, working in the tech business, that only three pieces of information can be identifying. So there's been a lot of studies done that if you've got your name, your address, and your date of birth, using publicly available information that's available on the internet, researchers can uniquely identify correctly that individual 80% of the time. A name, address, date of birth, and perhaps an email address, that's uniquely identifying. So every Toastmaster Club has personally identifying information that they collect for good purposes, for good use, but you need to know that that is identifying information and you are responsible for managing it. So privacy is my right to decide what information that I want to share with somebody else. But once I share it with you as the Toastmasters Club, it's your responsibility to keep it confidential and secure. What should a club do? What are some of the best practices for clubs? Obviously, they need to collect some information. So can you give us some, some thoughts in terms of a, a process or a procedure that a club should do in terms of best practices? Where should they start? It's easy to get started. As I've given you a handout about the 10 key steps to prevent a privacy breach. Uh, so you can take a look at that information off of our podcast, but I want to focus on three privacy principles. The first one is to collect only the information that you need. If you collect more information than you need, you're responsible for managing the safety and security of, security of it. So instead of having to carry a 25 pound bag of information, you can keep it nice and slim. If you don't have a reason to use that information to provide the service, then don't collect the information. Collect only the information that you need. So if you don't need it now, don't collect it now. So one of the things that we often get into a trap for is, you know, at some point we might be really interested in knowing perhaps the different languages that your club members speak. So you keep a little database about all of the other club members who come to you and the, what languages that they speak. But you're not actually using that information now. That's part of personal information. So if you're not using it now, don't collect it now. When you get to that point in the club that you want to open it up to different languages and, and use it for other purposes, then you can ask the members to provide to you what languages they speak, why you want to collect that information, and how you're going to use it. And then the next part is use the information only for the purpose that you collected it. If I'm a new club member and I'm coming to you and I'm going to give you my name, my address, my email address, and perhaps my Toastmaster history, and because there may be more than one person with the same name in the club or perhaps in Toastmasters, I'm going to give you some additional identifying information like my date of birth. 
So you're going to use the date of birth to be able to uniquely identify me in the Toastmasters organization so I can get the right credits for my credentialing and the training that I've taken. But you're not going to use the, my date of birth for a different purpose than what you intended to collect it for. For example, you're not going to send out birthday notices that say, our club members have birthdays this month. You only collect the least amount of information and then you use that information only for the purpose that you collected it. In this case, to manage my Toastmaster membership. The third one is to respect the confidentiality of the information and to keep it secure. Whether you keep the information on paper or use computers and technology like emails, when you collect the personal information as a director in Toastmasters, if you accept the responsibility of maintaining that members list as part of your role as a director, you also accept the responsibility of keeping that information safe and secure. We need to do that as individual directors, but as a club, you need to decide what does safe and secure mean. You need to establish what are the expectations on how your directors are going to keep that information while they are a director and how you're going to get that information back. We all know that as volunteers, we come and go and life happens. So I may sign up to be a director for a year, but find out a couple of months down the road that I suddenly can no longer participate with Toastmasters or I have to leave town. The club needs to make sure that they have continued access to that information. Uh, so if the director suddenly falls off the radar, are you still in control of that private information that you sent to the director? Wow, that's interesting. You brought up a lot of really strong points. First of all, I'm going to mention, you'd mentioned the 10 key steps to prevent a privacy breach, and you're going to provide a link for us so we can share that with the audience. Absolutely. Okay, so we'll have that at the end. Again, you brought up a number of points. It's really interesting because I was thinking back to a club that I belonged to in the past, and they would have birthday months. So what they would do is one meeting a month, they would celebrate all the individual's birthdays for that month. And I'm sure a privacy issue or privacy breach is not something that they would have thought of. No, it certainly wouldn't have been their intention. The sneaky part about this is that you have to be really clear when you collect information, what is the purpose that you're going to use that information? And then you can't use it for something else without going back and asking the member if we can do that. But if I don't want my birthday to be used in that way, the club also needs to provide to me an opportunity to opt out so my information isn't being used in a way that I don't want. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. The other thing I'm thinking of is you had mentioned about officers changing in midstream, but in most clubs, the officers will change every six months or every year. And I'm sure there's always an issue in terms of turnover because most clubs do not have a centralized storage locker, a centralized filing cabinet. And quite often the information is kept at people's homes. And I know myself, I probably have binders full of information that's been left over from previous years. What do we do with that? There are three steps that I'd like to suggest to your Toastmasters groups about things that they can do. And the first step is to create an inventory of what information belongs to the club. We need to be really clear about what belongs to the club and what is a director have access to. As a director changes that through their turnover, that information needs to go back to the club. So you need to have kind of like a library check-in, check-out system about all the information that the club collects. It's the business of the club. It's the property of the club. It's the responsibility of the club to make sure that they know what information is being collected and who has access to it, who has borrowed that information to be able to do their role as a director and to make sure that it comes back to the club. 
was going to say that's interesting because I know clubs keep track of their assets, but they're usually physical assets, and these are soft assets. They are, but they're really important. So if you've already got a list of all of your assets, this inventory of information should be one of your assets. Interesting. So the first step is to know what you've got so that you can manage it. The second step is to create a checklist for the orientation of new members to your club and new directors to your club so that you have a clear understanding about what the club's expectations are about how the club and the member information will be kept confidential and secure. Have a policy, have a process, and make it easy for people to understand and easy for people to do. Would you have the individual sign it? How does that work? You certainly could have them sign it, or you can make sure that you have it as part of your standard operating procedures, your SOP, that when you have new members coming to the club or new directors and you're doing the director leadership orientation, that this becomes part of the package that you provide for everybody. If you have people sign a document, then you have to keep the document. And that might be more than what most Toastmaster clubs want to do. It might be a better way to say that this is what we do all the time for all of our members, all of our directors, so that we make sure that we've got a process in place and everybody should know what that process is. We're really good at Toastmasters about having checklists of all the different goals that we need to achieve for our booklets. So having a checklist in the booklet to say, these are our policies and our expectations about how members and directors collect information, use information, and kind of our best practices about how we uh, share information to do the routine things like remind members of meetings. That could be part of the checklist that you provide to each person. They don't necessarily need to sign it and send it back to you. Just as long as you have a process that you use consistently, then it becomes defensible if needed. It's not a bad idea to have a checklist, of course. I'm assuming there's there's some sort of form that will go along with it. So in terms of the information on the form, you could actually dictate or determine ahead of time what information the club will collect by saying, here are the list of things that you can collect, and that's about it. Absolutely. So you should have policies and procedures about how you're going to collect, use, and disclose information. So you need to have a method to ensure that the business records of the club, the members' information, the minutes of the meeting, the financial transactions, the contracts and agreements that you have for Toastmaster events are maintained in a central location. Now, this could happen on paper. It could be part of your computer infrastructure, or you might have a, a file sharing or a computer network. How you do it isn't quite as important as making sure that you know how you are going to do it and make sure that people do that on a consistent basis. A couple of examples about things that you don't want to have happen is that you don't want to have club membership lists on your director's mobile devices, which can be lost, damaged, or stolen. If people are going to save information or have temporary access to information on their mobile devices, you need to know that the information is password protected. That's really basic stuff. We all should have a password on our mobile devices and our smartphones. Do the members know that if they're going to have anything more than and perhaps an email list, that they have it encrypted, that they have restricted access to it. And for heaven's sakes, please, 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 directors and members should not have their Toastmasters information, their personal information and the membership information on their employer's computer network system because then it becomes 
the care and custody of the employer. And as a Toastmaster Club, I can't go to Greg's employer to make sure that I get access for all the director's information that Greg now has on the computer's system for the, his boss. I'm sure that Toastmasters has privacy policies with respect to what clubs can do, but I think in terms of having additional procedures within the club, it's probably not a bad idea. And come to think of it, I'm sure it's something that it's not even thought about, really. It's not. You know, we're volunteers. We're here to have fun and and to learn. This is the type of thing that we tend to forget about. The other side of that is it doesn't take a lot to make this a whole lot better. So if you've got some simple policies and procedures, go to the 10 key steps list to prevent a privacy breach and have a process to address these questions. It makes preventing privacy breach praying so much easier. Now we talked about emails and personal information like birthdays, etc. What about social media? Toastmasters are heavily involved in social media. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's kind of part of the branding of why we get into Toastmasters. But the reason or how you might use social media, and I know that you're really adept about using social media, might be an entirely new thing to a new member coming into Toastmasters Club. They not may not know technology, they may not be aware about social media, and they might be afraid of it, and they don't want their information to be used in social media. So as a club, it would be a good thing to have a basic understanding about how we as a club are going to use social media. Um, and maybe you've got a Twitter account or maybe your club has a Facebook account or, or not. But be really clear about what this means so that the new member coming into the club who perhaps doesn't know anything about social media, they should be able to understand and decide whether or not they want to participate. It might be that this club is really active in social media, and that's a big part of what this club is all about. So if a member comes to that club and doesn't want to be part of social media, then maybe this isn't the right club for them. So it could be kind of a push-me-pull-me type of thing. You need to make sure that the member knows what their options are, and they can make a decision about whether or not this is something they want to participate with So you need to have a policy about what you're going to use for social media. You might have a hashtag, but because an individual that belongs to the club may be the official spokesperson for the club and everybody else's mum, that means that they don't say anything on behalf of the club, but they can mention that they are a member of the club. So what does that mean? You know, what can you do and what can't you do? Um, Having the discussion is really important. And you might come up with a single one-page checklist that says, these are the things that we will do with social media. These are the things that we will not do with social media. Make it really simple, make it easy to understand, and make sure that it is shared with everybody in the club. Jean, it's probably going to happen by accident in a club. What would you recommend people do if there is a breach or not do? Right. So if there is a breach in that Toastmasters Club, one of the things that you should have in each Toastmasters Club and any organization is a privacy officer. So you need to let that privacy officer know that there is a privacy breach or you think that there's a privacy breach. I would much rather know that somebody thinks that something bad may have happened rather than people not fessing up um, about a mistake or an oops or something that's come to their attention because they're not sure if it's important enough, let the privacy officer know. There are lots of resources for privacy officers about managing the privacy breach. So I talk about preventing privacy breach pain and there are four key steps to respond to a privacy breach. The first important step is to recognize a privacy breach. 
when did we get that oops or that hack or that bad event that happened? How did we know that somebody has a concern about how their information is being uh, used or collected or shared or disclosed? So identify the privacy breach, stop it from continuing. If somebody's hacked into an email account and now has access to all the Toastmasters um, emails accounts and the personal information, you need to be able to rescue that account and keep it safe and secure. You need to notify the individuals, that's step three, and you may need to notify many people, but you certainly need to notify the individuals that the uh, privacy breach affects. So you're going to send a a phone call to the Toastmaster members on the list and said, listen, our server got hacked. Your information might have got leaked out. This is what might they might have had access to, and I'm just letting you know. And then the fourth piece is to be able to solve the problem, why that privacy breach happened, and to be able to do the appropriate follow-up so that you can change your systems, your access permissions to prevent it from happening again. Four steps in preventing in responding to a privacy breach is to recognize the breach. Number two is to stop the breach. Number three is to notify the people that are affected. And number four is to prevent it from happening again. And one thing that they shouldn't do? Ignore it. Don't ignore a privacy breach and pretend that it didn't happen. If you fess up, even if it's a little breach, people are going to speak with you with more respect because they understand that you are looking out for their best interests. Don't ignore it. It will get bigger if you ignore it. Be the guy that says, don't ignore the privacy breach. It will be much more to your advantage and your reputation if you deal with that privacy breach and make it better so it doesn't happen again. That makes sense because if it gets swept under the rug, possibilities are that it may happen again. Absolutely. Well, that's incredible. It sounds like privacy impacts all aspects of our life, whether it's business, it's personal, it's Toastmasters, it's social media. It's, the topic is so is so vast. And I was wondering if you could leave our listeners with perhaps one tip perhaps they can use for their clubs or and or a tip that they can use in their personal lives and in terms of making sure that they keep their information private and to make sure that they don't breach others' privacy. Sure. The single biggest tip I would suggest for everybody is to be privacy aware. And that starts at the point of collection or sharing information. So as an individual, whenever somebody asks you your personal information, whether verbally or on a form, the very first thing that you should be taking a look at is why do they need this information? And then do I really want to share it with them? If you're the person on the receiving end for a Toastmaster Club and you've got a new member coming in and you ask them to fill out a form, you should be challenging yourself. Why am I asking them for this information? And how can I make sure that I've explained it to them so that they know how we're going to use it and we follow what we say that we're going to do? We're going to collect it only for this purpose and we only use it for that purpose. So start at the point when you are collecting or sharing that information. And that applies to every single form that you fill out. You always have the opportunity to decide that you don't want to fill out the information. And you always have the opportunity to provide only the least amount of information that you're comfortable in sharing. And if you're not comfortable, ask the questions about how are they going to use it? Uh, so you can make an informed decision about being privacy aware and protecting your privacy. Sage advice. If you're not sure, ask. And if you're still not sure, 
Just don't do it. Excellent choice. Jean, you mentioned that you have a form or you have a 10 tips list that you can share with us. Absolutely. So what we provided is our document management tip, 10 key steps to prevent a privacy breach. So now that you've got those beginner steps for privacy principles and for success down, I'd like you to invite you to take the next step with your instant access to the 10 key steps to prevent a privacy breach. And you can follow this on the link that Greg is going to share with you. And of course, at any time, you can go on to the website informationmanagers.ca and you can even follow us on the podcast for practice management nuggets. So that's information managers. Information managers with an S dot CA. We'll also put the link in the show notes that you can access directly at toastcaster.com. So it sounds like privacy is certainly something to think about. And hopefully you, our listeners, have picked up a few key nuggets from what Gene had to say about privacy and apply them in your clubs. Gene Eaton, Information Managers, thanks for sharing all this information. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Greg. I'm happy to be with you on Toastcasters. Once again, this is Greg Gazin. We appreciate you tuning in. Now, I'm not sure how you joined us, whether you joined us through directly through Toastcaster.com or iTunes, but either way, you can pick up the podcasts there. If you really enjoyed the podcast, we'd really appreciate if you took a moment to leave us some feedback on iTunes because it really helps with our ratings. Plus, also feel free to drop us a line. Tell us what types of things you're interested in, what your Toastmaster specialty is, or what kinds of things you like to speak about. And perhaps maybe we'll even have you on the show. This is Greg Gazin. Till the next time. This episode was sponsored by Corey Outsmarts the Butterflies, a new book by Greg Gazin, geared to ages 8 to 80. Whether you want to improve your speaking skills or build your confidence, this short read is suitable for all ages. It's available at outsmartingthebutterflies.com.